Well, the Lord is good. It's great to have everybody here again today. We have a special guest with us, Pastor Max Gergenti, hailing from, from Italy by way of Toronto and many other places in the world, but those are his two uh, main locations. And uh, Pastor Max is... Um, uh, a leader of, of leaders, pastor to pastors, and number of churches, 50 churches or so, uh, are under his ministry, and, and he starts, has started Bible schools and run Bible colleges, and, and, uh, and so pastors and teaches all around. And he's here with us today. Yeah. Yay! So, uh, Pastor Max... <laughs> Well, good morning, everybody. It's really good to be here. Thank you for your hospitality. I feel so welcome in uh, Boise, Idaho. Did I, did I say it right? And uh, Pastor Mark and uh, Amy are wonderful couple. Amen. That way, every uh, all all of us in our churches, we need to appreciate our pastors. Amen. And appreciate what we have. And uh, you have a wonderful church. Uh, they were so hospitable. See, there is no direct flight from Rome to Boise, Idaho yet. <laughs> we'll see if we can fix that, okay? But there isn't. So I had to, you know, it's Rome, Toronto, Toronto, Denver. And then for some, you know, ungodly connection, Denver, Boise, right? I had, I arrived in Denver at 10 at night and my flight from, at, at, Denver, Boise was at 7 a.m., right? And that's how the ticket gave it. So I arrived at the ungodly hour of 9 a.m. in Boise yesterday. And he said, I'm, I'm the first guest that arrives at 9 in the morning. You know, usually they arrive later in the day, right? So he said, well, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. It's my first time in Boise. I don't know. But so they were so gracious. They took me to their house. I invaded their house on a Saturday morning. You know, I'm thinking, I think they're a lot more gracious than I would have been because someone invading my house on a Saturday morning, I'd have to work at being nice, you know, because that's what I prepared, that's what I study. Saturday is like my sacred day before Sunday, right? I have a whole routine I go through, and it was wonderful, and we talked, and, and time went by, and then they took me for this wonderful barbecue. It was a dream. Don't take Italian friends for Italian when they come, okay? Don't. <laughs> Take them for your wonderful food. Every place has wonderful food, right? And the potatoes and everything. It was so good. It was a dream. And then, you know, I have this basket. It's the biggest basket I've ever had in the hotel. It's got the usual crackers and cheese, you know, and a little granola. You get that. But then this has a couple of hats. It's got potato in it. I don't know if it's a real, It's sealed. It feels like a real potato. I didn't really look at it, but I thought, I don't know what it is, but... but uh, but, it, but it's nice. It's full and it's nice and it's really good. What, what do you say if we get in the Word? Are you, you, you okay with that? Amen? And I believe I have a word from God to encourage you. We all need to be encouraged. Amen? Have these been some strange few years or what? One of the things that about traveling a lot, and I, I, I travel a lot, like in, this is uh, in, uh, I've been, this year so far, I've been eight times over to Europe, eight times overseas, and then in many other places in, in Canada and the U.S. That's the part of the world that God has me travel. One thing that you get is a pulse of, of, of the different churches and different things that God is doing. And, uh, and I'm going to say it again, you're blessed here with a pastor that is in tune, right? Yeah, go ahead. I don't do that because I have to, you know, if, if uh, I go in dead churches too, and then I'm just quiet, smile, and go on. So I don't have to, you know, say anything. So I say it because I mean it. And uh, just in, in the talks that I've had, you know, he thinks about now, like, what does God want now? Thank God for what he did in the past. And we build on that, right? But what does God want now, right? What, 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 the message is the same, but, but we express it and we package it differently. The message doesn't change but the packaging does. And so um, it's, uh, it's, it's really, really good 
to be here. Amen? Amen. So, yeah, I was saying, everywhere you go, you have a sense of like, whoa, you know, we've had a lot of things happen, right? And, and, and on top of what everything, you know, we've all had the same thing, like, you know, it's like it's, like it's a pre-COVID world and post-COVID world, right? And it shouldn't be, really, but it is. And then, you know, other it seems to me that there's also been added challenges to that, right? And then like you want to say, well, wasn't that enough, God? Now, like, you know, and God is not the author of any of that, right? But you say that too, and that too, and that too, that seems to be the case. So my assignment this morning is just encourage you to never give up, amen? Amen. Because God always promises us the victory, amen? And so we're going to go back a few thousand years to a passage. Now, this is not my text, but I'm going to start this because I can build on this. And you know that the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt. For uh, 400 years, they were in bondage. And then what happened is the book of Genesis, when it ends, uh, through Joseph, they go to Egypt, and life was good for them in Egypt. But what happened after... The book of Exodus starts like this, that uh, there was a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph or the God of Joseph. And that's happening all over the world. We need to pray that in Europe and in Canada and in the U.S., God will raise up politicians and leaders that know the God that founded our countries. Because Europe and Canada and the U.S. were founded on Judeo-Christian principles, right? And we have a lot of politicians today that don't know the God of Joseph, don't, and, and they, they reject that, in fact, and they're trying to redesign things, right? And so what happened is then, then, then because of that, they were persecuted, and God heard their cry, and they, and they were taken out of Egypt, And God brought them out of Egypt, and just a few days from Egypt, he brought them to the promised land. And God's intention was that they would immediately enter the promised land. So this is where we pick it up, right here. Keep in mind that the deliverance from Egypt in the Old Testament is in the New Testament, the new birth, is our deliverance from the world, is God delivering us from the power of darkness and translating us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, right? And then the promised land, entering the promised land in the Old Testament, the land that flows with milk and honey, for us is our life in Christ, our life in the kingdom of God, our spirit-filled life. And so God brought them out, and he takes them right there, and he says, now, go and spy out the land, right? So we're going to pick it up right there in Numbers 13, where, and it's right here, the text, where it says, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. So did God want them to have the land or not? Did he? Right? So is there any possible question of doubting that? No. How do we know that God wanted them to, get, to have the land? Because he said, I'm giving it to you. Here it is, I'm giving it to you. It's really that simple. You know, I don't have issues in, uh, in, 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 in churches with God. I have issues with people, <laughs> you know, people. But people say things and then they don't keep their word, you know. Oh, you know, I'll be here, I'll help in children's church. And then you don't see them anymore, you know, stuff like that, right? People say, but God doesn't do that. If he says something, he actually means it, Right? So we don't need to doubt that. God said, I've given you the land. We don't have to doubt it. Then the land is ours. We're supposed to go in and take it, right? And then in the text, it says that they send out 12 spies, one per each tribe. We're not going to read the, uh, the, the actual event, right? We're going to jump to verse 31. So look at verse 31. When they come back, the 12 spies come back. And uh, they said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And you can imagine how they say it. You know that we, we just shouldn't just read the words in a book when we, the, when we read the Bible. These are real people in real circumstances like you and I, with real feelings, real emotions, real problems, And there's a God who is alive who intervenes. 
So this is not because I'm Italian. This is just because I read the Bible properly. I like to see it. I like to picture it. I like to imagine myself in there. I like to taste it, feel it, smell it, right? Because it becomes real. Because their story is our story. James said, the word is like a mirror. So you're supposed to see yourself in it. No matter what you read, if it's Abraham or Isaac or Jacob, Joseph, the prodigal son, the woman with the issue of blood, their story is your story. See yourself in it. The detail will change. You might not have a flow of blood, or you might not have a sick daughter like the Canaanite woman, right? But there's something to overcome. So the detail, put the detail in there, but, but the, 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 the story is your story. And that's when the Word of God begins to work for you, is when you see yourself in it, and you see what they did, and you don't want to do what they did wrong, but you want to Im- imitate the ones that did it right, Right? <laughs> You want to imitate the ones that, that received the promises and entered into the land. And that's not a judgment in any way. We're sorry for the ones that didn't go in the land, but I don't want to be one of the ones that don't go in the land. I want to be like Joshua and Caleb who went in the land. <laughs> don't you? I'm sure you want that too, right? And with no judgment on anybody else. And so they come back and they say, so you have to imagine, they didn't say it King James style, you know. Oh, the land, this is too big, whatever, right? They said, you know, we're, we can't do it. They were whining, you know. We're not able to go. It's too hard. It's too difficult. Like the, 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 the problem is too big. Because they were real people, right? So can you imagine how they came back whining, right? They said, we, we, we can't, we can't, we can't do it, right? And then verse 32 says that they gave a bad report, right? Look at it. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land that they spied out. It means this, that if God says something is yours, or you can do it, and you think otherwise, God calls that a bad report, bad news, fake news. (laughs) 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 Down in my notes, you know, the pastor said, half of what I said isn't in my notes, you know. (laughs) But then pastor said some things that weren't in his notes either, you know, because the spirit leads. Okay, anybody say concentrate. You got to help me concentrate. I don't have my wife here. I have a Wonderful wife. We've been married 37 years. Right? I met her in the disco day. I married my disco queen. She's my disco queen. We boogied together to stay alive, stay alive. I'm a disco guy. All the way. Right? See, concentrate. So usually Connie says concentrate. She'll look at me and say concentrate, right? There you go, right? Now you try picking up. I forgot where I was. The Bee Gees distracted me, right? (laughs) All right. So they came back. They gave a bad report. That's what I was saying. A bad report. So if God says you can do all things, through Christ who strengthens us, and I continue to say, well, I can never do anything. I can never do anything. You think that's a good report or a bad report? Right? So if God says you can do everything, and I say I can't do anything right, one of the two is wrong. Guess who's wrong? <laughs> and one of the two has to change opinion. Guess who has to change opinion? God's not going to change opinion. <clears throat> right? And it's like that with anything that God said that belongs to you or you have or you can do, right? And so they came back and they said, no, we can't do it. Yeah, the land flows with milk and honey. The promise is great. Oh, it's wonderful, you know. It'd be nice to do all you can. It'd be nice to have the mind of Christ. It'd be nice to have the peace, but, but it's not for me because my problem is too big. That's basically what they said. And then the, the next picture, so see... 
see images, you see stories, you see pictures, right? Then the next picture that comes along is they say, and, and it's really dramatic. This is dramatic. Their reasoning, they said, you know what? We feel like grasshoppers, right? That's in verse 33. It's right here. They saw the giants, and these are the 10 talking, and they say, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. I have another translation of this. It's the uh, New Living Translation. Look at, we felt as small as grasshoppers. Now, were they grasshoppers? Did God think they were grasshoppers? So what's the problem here? The problem is they thought they were grasshoppers. Does what you think about yourself matter? Seems to me it does. Now, is that something that Norma Vincent Peale made up? No, you know, the power of positive thinking, Norma Vincent Peale, right? And those are some criticisms that they throw at us who preach faith. Are you a faith preacher? Well, I don't, what's the alternative? A doubt preacher? <laughs> I don't know. What? You want to come to church for doubt? Is that really what you want? You don't have enough challenges during the week. You want to get beat up in church too? I don't know what the alternative is. Really? Yeah. Paul said the word of faith which we preach, right? So we're in good company. The word of faith. It's the word of faith. The word brings faith. I've never once read the Bible and not have faith arise. It always encourages me. always brings faith. Right? So, yeah, but... but it's not, it's not a, a, something that has to do with the power of positive thinking or some uh, late-night uh, motivational guru, right? Or, 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 or even with New Age. Sometimes he accuses us of imitating the New Age. Well, here's a, this is the book. This is in the Torah. This is in the law, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. This is orthodoxy by definition, this is as orthodox as you can get. I'm going to say it again. It's orthodoxy by definition. And, and it's not us imitating the motivational speakers or the New Age gurus. It's them imitating us and imitating us badly by taking God out of the picture. None of this will work if you take God or you take Jesus out of the picture. Now, you know, thinking positive is better than thinking negative, but you're not going to be cancer positive by thinking positive. You're going to need the power of God for that. None of this will work without Jesus and without God. So they, they, they steal it and they take it away. But this is like 3,500 years ago, approximately. So 3,500 years ago, in the more, most orthodox part of the Bible, God reveals that how you see yourself matters. Because they said, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. So how many of you believe that God can do anything? That's true, isn't it? Nothing wrong with that, right? How many of you believe that God is all-powerful, right? And how many of you believe that God thinks that you are the righteousness of God in Christ? How many of you believe that, right? Okay. All of that can be neutralized by what you think. <laughs> All of that can be neutralized by what you and I think. You and I can neutralize that. We always come to, to church with two great things, our powerful things, our Bible and our tradition, what we've been taught, what we think about ourselves. And Jesus said that our tradition can neutralize the power of the Word of God. <clears throat> so the issue wasn't with them what God thought of them, what God thought of them, we know. He said, you're, the, you're a special treasure. You're the pupil of my eye. Enemies are going to come against you one way, and they're going to be run away, run, run away from you in seven different ways. How dare we think that we're like grasshoppers, worms crawling in the dust, nothing So here's the tragic part about all this is that the children of Israel were not defeated by giants that day. They were defeated by imaginary grasshoppers. 
Not even real grasshoppers, imaginary grasshoppers. They were defeated by the grasshoppers in their mind. So these are the ten. Ten spies believe this. Two think differently, Joshua and Caleb, right? Because the majority is not always right. <laughs> you know, my daughters, we have, Connie and I have three wonderful daughters. Yeah, yeah, you know, majority believe that abortion is okay, that divorce is okay, that, you know, uh, 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 that, you know, we believe that God made them male and female. And, uh, is that okay? I don't, do I get arrested in the U.S. for saying that? I can get arrested in Canada for that, but not, not in the U.S., thank God. Even Europe is doing better now. Italy is doing good. We elected a, a conservative woman, first woman prime minister, pro-family, pro-life, pro-everything. It's great. It's great. And I was telling pastor yesterday that two of the campaign workers, like the equivalent of your Kellyanne, you know, for, for President Trump and so on, right, uh, are members of my church. Two of them are members from my church. And they had me praying. They have, we would pray for her when she was a candidate. Wow. It's good stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The majority is not always right. Yeah, I was saying this. We have three wonderful daughters, and they learn real fast in our house that them saying everybody else does it is not the way to get it done. That will, I don't care. That's not the way. You're going to have to give me a good reason why other than everybody else does it, because probably if everybody else does it, it's wrong. So the majority was wrong, but you really have to help me to concentrate now, or I will not get through this. This is not even my text yet. I haven't even started preaching yet. This is just stretching and warming up. My text is in Joshua 14. We got like 45 years to go through and cover here. In 20 minutes, pray for me. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, uh, two came back, Joshua and Caleb, right? So what's the difference? Well, we see that in verse 30. Look at verse 30. They, Caleb he says, quiet. Everybody, silence. See, see, you read silence, the King James style. You have to be, he says, no, because they're talking, quiet, shut up. Shh. It was messy. It wasn't quiet. It wasn't Anglo-Saxon. It was more Italian confusion, right? Quiet, like an Italian wedding dinner, right? Shut up. Quiet. Don't say that. Let's go now. When? Now. Let's do it. When? Now. Take possession now. I'm destroying your equipment here, the microphone. There you go. Take possession now, right? Because we can certainly do it. See, there's the faith guy. You know, always say, we can, I can do all things. I can do all things, right? They stick out like a sore thumb, right? Don't you understand my problem? Don't you understand my pain? Don't you understand that I have special difficulties that nobody else has? They say, we can do it now. But you see, but you see would you agree that these two verses are a great way from the Bible to see the contrast, right? When you put them next to each other, how important is what we think, how we react, and how we talk to ourselves, and we talk to others, and we talk to the problem most of all? <laughs> because 10 said, they saw, now let me ask you this, did the 10 see different giants from what Joshua and Caleb saw? They saw the same giant. So how come 10 died, and two conquered the land. It cannot be the giant. Would you agree that if it were the giant, all 12 would have died? Right? There has to be a component from our part. It's God's part and our part. Right? God can do anything. He's all-powerful, but you and I have to believe. Our part is faith. Our part is believing. Agreeing with God. Yeah. So it's obvious, so it wasn't, it was the way that they were thinking, it's how you react. So none of us would want to hear, it'd be terrible news to go to work and say we're laying off someone, or go to the doctor and get a bad report that you have a lump somewhere. But two people can hear exactly the same thing, and one can quit and stop believing in God, the other one can believe God, get closer to God, and overcome. It's not the problem itself, it's how we react to it that makes a difference. 
I think this these verses illustrate that clearly, right? So they end off wandering 40 years in the desert. It's on them, not on God, it's on them. God's will was go in now. They said no, God says, okay, fine. You say no, you say no, right? You wanna die, die. Wanna die in the wilderness, die in the wilderness. And God called that, he has a remembrance for that. You know, we think of Christmas, Easter day. He thinks, he calls it the day of rebellion. He has a label for that. It's it stuck in God's mind. <laughs> he called it the day of rebellion. Now we're gonna jump forward 45 years. We're going now to Joshua 14. This is my text. Everybody say, thank God. Here's the text. Now we get serious. So here it is. The people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, right? And Caleb, there's Joshua, there's Caleb, right? The two that 45 years earlier had said, we can do it, let's go and do it now. They're the only two left. So now Joshua is in charge because he took over from Moses. And Caleb, right, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. There's some good names for kids if you're pregnant, right? <laughs> So he says, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me, right? What he had said, he said, you know, everybody else is going to die. You two are going to go in because you want to go in. So go to verse 7 now. And then he says, this is Caleb that keeps on talking, right? I was, so he's saying, I was 40 years old back then, right? When God sent me from Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea is where we started out. God took him out of Egypt, brought him to Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea, you know that in, in the Hebrew language, names are really important, right? Kadesh Barnea means separation from and separation to. That's the name of that place. That's where it all started. So God took him out of Egypt, took them out of the world, separated them from the world, but separated them unto, separated to. God takes you out to take you in. He doesn't take you out to leave you in the desert. He takes you out to take you in, right? So he separates you from, for his purpose, for his will. The pastor talked about purpose and will before he introduced me. God has a plan for you, a purpose for you, right? And so... <clears throat> And Caleb says, now, isn't this precious? Listen, we have, before we read the account, now we have, this is one of those precious passages in the Bible where we have the person, meaning Caleb, in first person opening his mind up and letting us know what he was thinking. Because this is Caleb recounting what we just read. What we just read was the story. Now Caleb is saying, here's what I did. I brought back a report according to my conviction. So he believed it. The Bible says that Abraham was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform for him. Faith is personal. Faith is not just what God can do anything. You know, faith is not even God is the healer. You can say God is the healer and die while you're saying God is the healer. Faith is personal as you being convinced that God the healer heals you now. God the deliverer delivers you now. That what God said and what he promised, you're convinced is for you now. So Caleb, this is precious because Caleb, see, I want to know what Caleb was thinking. I can deduce it from the text, you know, the story, but... Now I have Caleb telling me what he was thinking, right? And I don't want to think, you want to think like the 10 or you want to think like Caleb? I want to think like Caleb. I don't want to think like the 10, right? So he says, I brought back conviction. What was in my heart, right? And then in verse 8, he says this. He says, but the other people brought back, right, a report that made the people melt in fear. You know, they're constantly hearing, you can't do it, you can't do it, the world is falling apart, what's happening, right? We'll melt your heart, we'll discourage you. 
What's happening is there are churches that God is raising up like this one where people are baptized regularly while we worship God and with, the, with, with a platform filled with young people. That's what's happening. <laughs> right? God is moving. That's what's happening, right? And then he says he followed, what did Caleb say? What was one of his secrets? He followed God, how? Wholeheartedly, 100%. God says so, I believe it. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what the majority thinks, right? If God said it, it's for me. <laughs> you believe that? Then in verse, verse 9, I think that's where we're at, right? You check up on me. Verse 9 says that whatever, you know, the fall that yeah, my foot has trodden shall be your inheritance. It repeats it twice. This is the second time it repeats it, so it's important. Because he wholly followed the Lord God. You don't wholly follow just because you're on Sunday. It's what you do between Monday and next Sunday that determines whether you're wholly following or not. Right? So if you haven't opened your Bible, the last time you opened your Bible was last Sunday, and now you're opening it again, that's not enough. That's not wholly following. <laughs> but that's another, so that's the pastor in me coming out. Sorry. I've been doing this for 40 years, pastoring. I can't help it. It's there. Right? And now look at verse 10. It's just Caleb talking. Remember Caleb. Ever say Caleb. Say Caleb again. He says, now the Lord has kept me alive like he promised for these 45 years. So that was 40 years. He's 40, 45. How old is he now? 85, yeah, right? And then he says, I am 85 years old. I don't know how many of you are 85 or older here. We had two or three first service here. We have one. Anybody else? One. The rest of you are babies. <laughs> if you said, oh, I'm too old to serve God, God's forgot about me, repent right now. <laughs> and for you, you're just starting. You're the same age as Caleb. You still got mountains to take. See, the word is good, isn't it? Much better than motivational speaking. <laughs> right? There's a word. We need the word. And if we read it properly, it, it'll fire you up. Right? So you understand that Moses, for 80 years, Moses was practically useless. 40 years he grew up right in Pharaoh's house. Then at 40, he sees an Egyptian mistreated. He kills him. God says, yeah, you're a deliverer, but that's not the way we do it, right? So he went 40 years in the desert, right? He learned a few things. And then at 80, he had the experience of the burning bush. And he started, and he parted the Red Sea at 80. So I'm, 60, I'm only 65, still 15 years to go before I start parting some seas. <laughs> and 20 more to go until I am like Joshua. Now that's good, isn't it? So he says... And then, now look at what he says in verse 11, right? Verse 11, now look at verse 11. He says, I am as strong as the day Moses sent me out, and I'm as vigorous to go out as I am now, right? So he's saying at 85, I have the same strength as at 40. Now, there's a good confession. Start saying it now, right? Start, start do the math, right? And thank God it's not feet, because I don't understand feet. I think in meters, Metric system, you know, 10 fingers, 10 toes, 10 meters, 100 meters, 1,000 kilometers. You got 12 feet to something, 12 in, then, then it becomes like, then I expect 12 feet in a mile. No, you go to 5,000 whatever feet in a mile. I don't know, but anyways, that doesn't matter. <laughs> See, you're not helping me. Say again, concentrate. <laughs> All right. So he says, I'm a strong, years are the same, right? I'm getting in trouble with years. Years in the imperial system are like in the metric, right? So he says, I'm 85 years old, right? So 85 years old, I have the same strength. So that means that when you're 50, you say, I'm, I have the same strength as 25. 
right? And when you're 60, you say, I have the same strength I was when I was 30. And when you're 70, you say, I have the same strength as when I was 35, right? When you're 80, you say, I have the same strength as when I was in my 40s. You believe that? You got to start saying it now. There is no indication, is there, that he needs a hot water bottle, that he has rheumatisms, that he can't. Is there? And he says, today I'm 85, it's his birthday. How many of you have birthdays? How many of you like birthdays? How many of you ask for a present on your birthday? What did you ask for? Right, a bicycle, a car, a motorcycle, a new dress, iPhone, iPad, right, smartphone. Why didn't you ask for a mountain? Give me a mountain. What do you want for your birthday? A problem to solve. So verse 12. Yeah, it's right there. It's in the text. This is my text. It only took me like 40 minutes to get to my text. Not quite. Whenever I started, right? It takes, I got there. I won. I conquered. Yeah, right. So Joshua says he's 85. It's his birthday. He says, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. At the end of my sermon, I tell you the title. It's called, Give Me This Mountain. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Say it to me. Give me this mountain. Now, why don't you say like a preacher, like you mean it. Go ahead. Give me this mountain. Shout it at me. Come on. Give me this mountain. Give me a roar too. Come on. See, because a mountain is a problem right? To solve. Something to fix. Because in life, you are either, you either are a problem or you solve problems. Pick your side. People think of you, they think here comes a problem, or they think of you and they say, here comes a problem solver, right? Uh, what do you want to be? Problem solver. So at the young, ripe age of 85 years old, Caleb says, I have the same strength. I just read an article uh, by, by a, a, a doctor who specializes in old age and was giving, she was giving some uh, pointers on what science says you have to do in order to age well. And one of them is to move, continue moving, so walk. Another one is to constantly have challenges, to challenge yourself. Another one is to learn new things, right? Well, that's the secret that Joshua had already discovered 3,500 years ago, right? At the age of 85, he's saying, there's a mountain to conquer. These younger guys are tired, you know. I'll do it. Give it to me. I will fix this problem. So, Caleb was not one that ran away from problems. He, we went after them to fix them. He says, there's a problem, I'll fix it. Do you remember Goliath, another giant, right? It, he paralyzed all of Israel's army. Everybody ran away. David ran towards him. I think that just freaked Goliath out right there. Here's this young kid running. He's the only one that ran towards the giant, ran towards the problem. So, you and I, in order to stay strong, to stay young, we're going to have to stop complaining about problems. We're going to have to stop singing about problems. You know, the blues should not be, you know, da 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 I had a really rough week, da 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 right? Uh, all the problems are coming to me. Da 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 da. My cat ran away. My dog ran away. I lost my job. Ba ba ba. Oh, poor me. Poor me. I'll never make it. Da da da. No, don't clap. That's not anointed. Don't clap. Some of you are starting to go like this. No. <laughs> Trying to tell you that's not your song. Right? Your song has to be, where's a problem? I solve problems. In church, you want to become a problem solver. Yeah. 
right? So you're going to go up to pastor and say, pastor, wars and versa. I look for problems. Faith feeds on problems. Faith eats giants for breakfast. You want a strong faith, have a giant for breakfast. And then at lunch, devour another giant. And then at dinner, eat another giant. <coughs> and your faith will go stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. A good diet of eating giants <laughs> will make you strong. And when you solve the problem in front of you, go find someone else that has a problem and help them solve it. Devour problems. You say, Pastor, well, what's the problem? And you know, that person there would come to church, but they can't because they don't have a right. I'll pick them up. Right? Oh, what's the problem? Well, you know, the furnace is not working. Okay, how much is it? I'll cut a check. Well, thank you for your enthusiasm for that. <laughs> that was exciting. Yeah. You have a building project, right? You don't want to say, oh, no, I got to, there we go again. Now you want to say, what, what? No, no, no. I'll buy, now I'm going to get in trouble with the feet, right? But whatever, you know, I'll buy 300 feet. In fact, after 300, in a month, another, another 300. I'll devour as many feet as I can. <laughs> Amen? So here are the meanings of the names. Do you have my slide with the meanings of the names? I have three minutes. Right? Caleb, Caleb means dog. See, we find that offensive. How many of you have a dog? Does he love you? Right? If, if you say sit, does he sit? If you say roll over, does he roll over? And is he offended or is he happy when you say sit and you give him a treat? <laughs> right? That's not offensive. That's what that means, right? And if you were in trouble, the dog would die for you. If you fall in the pool, he'll drown to get you out. Even if he's like this tiny and he doesn't know any better, right? Or someone is breaking in the house, a tiny dog like this will, 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 will stand between you and danger too. That, that was Caleb's heart. He said, I wholly follow the Lord. A dog doesn't care about his opinion, doesn't offer his opinion, whatever the owner says he does, and we, whatever God says we do. God says do this, we do this. God says go here, you go here. God says give this, and you give. He wholly followed the Lord. And then he said, give, say again, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Amen? Amen. Now, Joshua is calling us to living on the mountain. Right? Pick your mountain. There's many mountains in the Bible. You want to live on Mount Sinai? No. How about Mount Ararat? That's Noah's. No, no, no. I live in Mount Calvary. Jesus. Amen? And even better, then I'm in two mountains, Calvary and Mount Olivet. Jesus coming back soon. But mountain living, the, the, the air is fresh. You have a perspective on things, right? You see things differently. And, and if you don't like heights, well, you just get over it, praise God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did, did the word bless you? Hallelujah. Look, I have, do you have my map? I forgot to do this. You know, I don't, I, I get in the word, I forget everything else, but uh, there's a map somewhere if you keep on going. Yeah, this is the part, you see that beautiful boot-shaped country in the middle? The center of God's universe, Italy, right there. <laughs> That's the part that God has assigned to us. We have, uh, we planted three churches there. We have a ministerial with 50 pastors that follow us. We have three Bible school campuses, and from there we're reaching Europe. I preached in Spain, go from left. I preach in France, in Austria, in Germany, in Poland, in the Czech Republic, and so on. And uh, we've translated, by the grace of God, we have translated into Italian 85 books. So this is us, because it's the first time we meet. So. My daughter did this for me. She said, please show it. And I didn't for service, but keep on going. Uh, there should be a picture of, of the school, what we did. Uh, yeah, so that's, th those are some of our graduates of Rama. There should be a picture of Connie and I, my, my disco babe and I, before Max. There you go, see, right there. 
beautiful woman from Naples, right? That's us if you want to follow us, if the teaching blessed you. There's a picture of the books we translated. It's only Dunamis there. 85 books that we translated into Italian. And then I also have two books that I think could be a blessing to you. One is called Fearless in the Light. There's a picture of that too. And this, this was born because a few years ago I was in, the, in, a, in, a, in, in London when there was the attack in Westminster. I was on the subway. They stopped all the trains. We didn't know what was going on. And I used some scriptures to keep myself calm and overcome. And that's the story of that here and what I used. And then secondly, if you enjoyed the message this morning, this book is called Every Good Thing. I don't know how many of you have read In Him. In Him has 164 scriptures in it of who you are in Christ, you know, a new creature, you can do all things and so on. It's a mini book. So I took that, took those, uh, categorized them and expounded. It is a really good study to get you grounded, to get you out of the thinking. You're not a grasshopper. You're a new creature in Christ. You're the righteousness of God. You are the holiness of God. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. You can do all things. God supplies all your need. Christ is your sanctification, your redemption. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. That'll help you get grounded in all that. And uh, by, but there's a book table, and you can see our ministry, and, and uh, always put your church first, you know. Give to your church. Give to the building project. But if you have some seed and you say, you know, I want to help in missions, then consider us. You know, plant seed, you're helping me to preach the gospel like I did this morning on the mission field. Amen? Now, let's close our eyes for a moment. Before I turn it back to the pastor, we want to make sure that everyone here is saved and you know you're going to heaven. Now, as soon as I said that, if you don't know if you're saved or you don't know if you're going to heaven, then I plead with you this morning to make that decision with me. Here's your first step. Jesus did it all. He died and rose again on, your, on the cross. All you have to do is just believe in that, and you will be saved. God forgives your sins, forgives your past, and fills you with peace, with the assurance of salvation, and with His Spirit. So let's keep our eyes closed, and, and everybody, even those of you who are saved, just say this prayer so we help everybody. Father God, I believe that Jesus died and rose for me. Say it. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my past. Make me a new person. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the assurance of salvation. I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now keep your eyes closed. How many of you, it's the first time you prayed that, just wave at me. If it's the first time you prayed that, just wave at me. One person or someone else. So let's stand up on our feet. If you waved at me and you saw, stand up. Everybody stand up. I'd just like you to step out of your seat and just come and meet me here because I want to shake your hand. So come on down. Or if you were once going to church and then uh, you fell away, you're coming back like the prodigal son. Just come on. We want to shake your hand. It's not to embarrass you. The church, just close your eyes. Worship God. This is because... You say it's so easy. Well, that's the first step. Now, there's a second step. There's a third step. There's a whole walk in Christ. And so you need someone to talk to you and to pray with you and to give you a little book to get you started, right? So come on down. And I'm just waiting respectfully. We're not pushing. It's not like a lottery, you know. If, if no one comes, we rejoice because it means you're all saved, right? Amen. Amen. No, stay here. Don't go anywhere. Thank you, sir. You did the right thing. Anybody else? See, now when one comes, then it breaks the ice. Come on down. All of you, just keep your eyes. Come on. Come on down. Bless you. You did, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. Come on. You have a bonus. You received Jesus. You get to touch a real Italian. Come on. We just came from Italy. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's got nothing to do with it. 
I'll just look one more time. Because, see, that's important. We wait. I, I, I'd be hesitant too, I'd say, you know, people. But this church is full of people that love you. They're not judging you. They're glad you're here. Heaven is rejoicing, and we rejoice with heaven. Amen. It's a party time when someone makes a decision to follow Jesus or comes back to Jesus. Amen. And so thank you for doing that. And uh, where is, here you go. So if you would just follow him for a moment, he'll take you right here, pray with you. And the rest of us, let's thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. This is so cool, man. You know, at first service, I was wondering, how am I going to fit between the pulpit and that in the, little, in the little step here? I said, this is different like this, and then it comes out. It's wonderful. I love you guys. I love this church. I want to kiss every one of you on the cheek. Thank you. Thank you for receiving and being so wonderful. Amen. Pastor Mark. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price, and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead, and He's alive today. I receive Him now as my Savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.